Somebody even asked me one day, you gonna get in folks' business? Yeah, we're gonna get in folks' business. God gets in your business, and he's telling you how to live. And he said, you gotta be different. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's why we're not winning people to the Lord. We can win people to the church. We can win people to singing and to worship, but not to the Lord, because our lives doesn't reflect that. And Peter said, no, things are going to get tough. And when things get tough, you're going to have to know who you are. This is Jerry G. Martin. It's one thing to come to the Lord. It's another thing to take the Lord to the culture around us. It seems like the darkness is closing in on all of us. What a great time for the light of the Lord to shine bright in the life of every believer so we can make a difference in our world. Join us today as we encourage you, the believer, to take the light of the Lord to a dark world. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. God says to Abraham, go out, look at the stars. And when you look up at the stars, count them if you can. That's what your offspring is going to look like. Abraham, over 75 years old, looked at what already was a seemingly impossible promise. Then we're told in verse 19 of Romans chapter 4, he says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was now almost 100 years old. He was 75 when God told him. Now he's almost 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. 25 years after God has begun to tell him that and the clock is ticking, the time is running out. He knows he's getting older and nothing has happened. How many times have we prayed and we waited on God and we just had faith and then nothing happens? Nothing happens. It doesn't even look like it's about to start happening. 25 years. Can we wait 25 years? So to become weak in the faith is to allow doubt to cloud and to undermine your belief. That's what being weak in the faith is. Doubt comes in, it will cloud and begin to undermine your belief. Abraham was waiting 25 years for the fulfillment of the promise. As far as we know, the Bible doesn't tell us that Abraham saw any miracles from God before then. Doesn't tell us that he saw somebody raised from the dead. It doesn't tell us that he saw God do something just totally miraculous. And he says, oh, I, I saw what God did over there and I saw what he did over here. And I know he's going to do that in my life. No, he just had to hold on to the promise that God made him. Abraham didn't have the Bible. He didn't have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He didn't have the books of the New Testament. He couldn't see the works that Jesus did. He couldn't say, oh, he Jesus did it before. I know he can do it again. He had no record to run on. At least we have the record to run on. We have testimonies of others. But Abraham was the first one that God called out into his family. And he had no record to run on. He had to just hold on to what God said. You know what? When push comes to shove, you're going to have to hold on to what God said too. You're not going to be able to hold on to what he did for somebody else. You're just going to have to be able to hold on to what God has spoken in your life. Abraham faced the facts. But he did not allow the facts to negate his faith. He stood firm in what he believed in spite of the facts. The facts will fight your faith. Now, we're not telling you to be foolish by not understanding the facts. Abraham understood the facts. I've heard people just want to be foolish about uh, their faith. and They don't want to have a negative confession and all that kind of stuff like that. And they'll be hurting and won't even say they're sick. 
I said, how you feel? I'm feeling fine. Well, I'm going to say, you know, I'm hurting, but I'm believing for a healing. You know, if I tell you I'm hurting, you might pray for me. If I tell you I'm fine, you may not. So what were the facts? Number one, his body was as good as dead. Number two, he was about 100 years old. Number three, Sarah's womb was also dead. So they couldn't even have an accident. Abraham said, ain't nothing working here. Ain't nothing going on. He looked at Sarah, Sarah looked at him, and they said, nah. There was no excitement in the tent. No turning the lights down low. There was no activity. And Abraham said, this is bad. But God promised, I don't know what's going to happen here, but nothing is going on. No spark, no flame, no smoke. He faced, he said, this is the fact. Nothing is happening. No excitement, no titillation. Abraham said, ain't thinking about moving. All right, well, let me go on. <laughs> but Abraham did not let the physiological facts affect his faith. The Bible said he was still not weakened in the faith. He says, I don't know what's going to happen here and how it's going to happen, but one of these days. Then the Bible tells us that Abraham did not waver in unbelief. He did not waver. He did not weaken in his faith, and did he did not waver in unbelief. I want to explain something to you here. He did not go back and forth between his faith and doubt, as many believers frequently will do. The book of James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and don't let him think that he's going to receive anything from God. See, when things go well, it is easy to trust God. I mean, you got your bills paid, you got your good job, you got your nice car. It's easy to trust God when you're riding down the street in that Mercedes Benz that's brand new. And, you know, you get that new Benz and it's looking good and it's shining. You won't even get any tinted windows because you want folks to see who's riding. You'll roll the window down at the stop and you'll just tell people how good God is. You don't mind waving your hand. Glory to God. I don't mind waving my hand. I don't mind saying, oh, glory, thank you, Lord. In that Mercedes. You put your bumper sticker on, God is good. But when you uh, lose that car and you have to catch Metro, is God still good? When things are going bad and uh, you got to notice that they're going to come and take your house back from you, is God still good? Are you going to waver in your faith? Are you going to ask God, where is he? God, what's, what, what's going on? Where are you? Why are things going so bad or so poorly for me. It's easy to trust God when things are going well, but when things seem impossible, it seems even easier to distrust God. Anybody ever thought to themselves, I know you never would say this, but God, do you know what you're doing? Do you really know what you're doing here? Can't you see what I'm going through? Can't you see where are you and what are you doing? You're messing me up. There were times that God had to reassure Abraham, that his promise was still good. Genesis 15, Abraham said to God, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. My servant's going to inherit my estate. I heard what you said, but I'm still childless. And look like my servant is going to inherit my estate. You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. God doesn't mind us coming to him sometime and, and crying out to him because we get a little weary and frustrated. If you're going to operate in faith, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have some times where you may get weary and times where you may get frustrated. But weariness and frustrating and struggling faith is not doubt. 
Struggling in your faith is not doubt. You're just saying, Lord, I'm getting weary. It seems like it's not going to come to pass. I'm still willing to hold on, but God, how long must I stay fast on what I am believing? Doubt is saying, I don't know God can even do this. I mean, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. I don't know if God's ever going to do this. My situation will never turn around. No, struggling faith is not doubt, just like temptation is not sin. So don't mix that up and think, well, maybe I'm doubting because I'm struggling. Listen, you're going to struggle as a believer. If you're not struggling in some area, you might not be a believer because the the lure of sin and the, the attack of the enemy will always cause us to have to wrestle with things. The only time you don't wrestle with sin is when you're a sinner. You don't wrestle with it, you just ride it. But you wrestle with it when you're a believer because your spiritual man is fighting. That's why Paul said we have to fight the good fight. We have to struggle. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood. He said we got a warfare. We're struggling. We're fighting. So fighting is not losing and struggling in our faith is not doubting. There are times when we fight to hold on. There are times we struggle to hold on. We may get discouraged, but we're determined to hold on. You may get discouraged, but you say, I'm going to make it. So verse 20 said, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise, but was strengthened in his faith. No, the longer you hold on, the stronger you're going to become. Sometimes longer means stronger. You keep holding on. God knows how to encourage you at your weakest moments. God knows how to strengthen you at your weakest moments. God knows how to lift you up when you feel like giving up. God knows how much you can bear and how much you can handle. And he knows when you're about to say, Lord, I can't take it anymore. And God has a way of saying, okay, I'll I'll lift you up. That's the way God works. He says, I'm just looking for somebody who's going to hold on. I'm looking for somebody who will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The scripture says, for you know that your labor in the Lord will not be in vain. Are you willing to hold on to what you believe that God has spoken in your life? The Bible says he will strengthen in his faith. And you're going to have to be strengthened in your faith when you believe in God. First of all, if you hear God, that's the key. I've heard God, I know God, God has spoken this in my life, and I believe what God says, and so I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on in spite of the facts, I'm going to hold on in spite of what I see, I'm going to hold on in spite of what I feel, and I'm going to be strengthened in my faith. We went through that three-year process of acquiring our property. It wasn't pretty, but I'm glad we made it through it. It taught us how to be strengthened in our faith. And if we hadn't gone through that, we wouldn't have been able to stand to finish our project like we have finished it. But that built our faith. The many times we saw that uh, a process where we were moving forward and then things fell apart. We moved forward again and things fell apart. And And the longer I went, the stronger I became. So when this seller came back and he wanted to go up on our price, $17,000, I said, no, I'm not going to pay you one penny over what we had agreed to. I said, I'm not paying one, one penny. I'm getting, I'm getting frustrated now. He says, all right, well, we just walk away. I said, well, walk away. I didn't get panicked and say, oh, we're going to lose this, and, and I guess we better scramble and see what we can do. No, God spoke it, and he took us this far. I remember the early part when uh, they first told us, uh, well, we're not going to uh, sell it for the amount we have. We're going to put it out for bids. We're going to uh, put it up for auction in the Chronicle on Monday. And I saw it in the Chronicle. I said, oh, well, there it goes. People are going to buy it. 
I just forgot about it. Three or four weeks later, our broker called us back and said, you know, I checked on that. You know, nobody bid on that property. I said, yeah. He said, you want to make an offer on it? I said, yeah, let's make another offer, the same one we made earlier. I said, look at God. Nobody bid on it. I know that must be ours. My wife encouraged us in the church service. Said, you know, I, I just had a vision. I saw angels just standing over that property guarding it for us. That's encouragement. Amen. Glory to God. And people would walk by and, and drive by. And uh, Sister Doreen says, every time I come by, I stretch my hand and pray over that property and ask God's provision for it. And we stood in faith, believing. We fasted. We prayed. And we did everything we could. And once we did all that, we just began to rejoice. And we just let God do the rest. I didn't have to struggle with it. I didn't have to beg nobody. I didn't have to uh, compromise anything. I just said, well, God, you handle it. I became strengthened as we went along in our faith. Close to the end, we were just about to close the deal on it. I remember one day I drove by and the for sale sign was still there. And I thought, well, I'm going to pick up that sign so nobody call at the last minute and try to buy this. And something on the inside said, I've been preserving it this long. I can keep it the rest of the way. So I just said, forget it. This is ours. They can't get it. And do you know, once we closed that sale, I went and talked to the neighbors next door. And I said, we just bought that property. And they said, you know, we were trying to find who owned that property. We called that number there, and they told us that it was tied up by some corporation, and they couldn't do anything with it. They told us, they said, we've been trying to call for months, and they just told us it was tied up. They don't know what's going on with it, and somebody's got it tied up. They said, we wanted to buy it, and they were willing to pay three times as much as we paid. And I was arguing over $17,000. I ain't going to pay it. Glory to God. God will give you boldness to tell you what to say. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now we tell folk how much we pay for their property, they almost fall out on the grounds. It was a God deal. And we had to exercise and build our faith. If we'd have walked by sight, we never would have did it. But we walked by what? Faith. And so you are strengthening your faith as you begin to exercise faith. You're not going to be strong in faith when you first start the faith walk. You know, you got to take baby steps in faith. You got to believe God for the little things before you can believe him for the big things. And, and God will build your faith as soon as you uh, come out of one faith experience, he takes you into another one. He said, that was good, but I want you to do more. I have more for you to accomplish. I have greater things for you to accomplish. I have bigger things for you to accomplish. And God will stretch you. And if you would just go with God, your faith will increase. He will strengthen in his faith. Look at what it says as we close this out. He said he was strengthening his faith. He gave glory to God. He gave glory to God before he had the children. Don't you know there's a, there comes a time in your faith walk when you pray and you believe and you stand and you become strengthened. Then there's, there comes a time when you just need to start praising God. You just start giving God glory for what he's going to do even though you have not seen the manifestation of it. Keep on praising while you're waiting. Keep on worshiping while you're waiting. Keep on shouting while you're waiting. Keep on giving glory to God while you're waiting. Don't you know when God see you praising, God see you shouting, God see you worshiping, God see you giving glory to him, God knows in your heart you've turned a corner in your belief. 
God knows because you're not going to worship God from your innermost being unless you really believe that God's going to provide for you. You're not going to shout to victory unless you really believe that victory is at hand. You're not going to give glory to God unless you're really honoring God and saying, God, I, it's in your hands and I've turned it over to you and I know you're going to do it. And so I am shouting for it. Somebody said, I don't have to wait till the battle is over. I can do what? I can shout right now. When God sees somebody shouting in the middle of their storm, when God sees somebody shouting in the middle of their trial, God gets excited and God says, that person believes in me and have faith in me. And God begins to move in a supernatural way. And I just believe it accelerates what God wants to do for you when he can see you praising. And then he said he was fully persuaded. Somebody say fully persuaded. Not partially persuaded. He said he was fully persuaded. In other words, he said to himself, I know what God can do. Anybody know what God can do in here? He says, I know what God can do. How are you going to know what God can do? Because I saw what he did for me before. I saw how he brought me out. I saw how he delivered me. I saw how he healed me. I saw how he provided for me when I couldn't provide for myself. I know what God can do. I am fully persuaded. The Hebrew boys were fully persuaded when they refused to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar. They were fully persuaded. You know how I know? They say, you know, my God can deliver us and he's able to deliver us. And even if he don't, I know he can. I'm not going to say what he's going to do, but I know what he can do. And they say, I am fully persuaded. Throw us in the fire if you want to. My God is able to deliver. They say, I'm persuaded. And they threw them into the fire and the king said, they would throw three people in there. He said, yes, we do. Well, why do I see four? He said, somebody's walking in there with me. God can take the heat out of the fire of your situation, and he can deliver you not from the fire, but also in the fire. We got to be persuaded that no matter what comes our way, God is able. So what fire got to do with it? What water got to do with it? What fear have to do with it? What all the circumstances have to do with it? What sickness got to do with it? God is able to do whatever God wants to do. You got to be fully persuaded. Throw me in the fire. My God is able to deliver. Oh, I like what it says. It burned up their ropes, everything that was holding them back. And they said when they got out, they didn't even, the clothes didn't even smell like smoke. I could see them saying, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you what my God can do? Didn't I tell you what God's able to do? God is able to deliver. I am fully persuaded. Listen, you can't be half-hearted in this thing. If you're going to walk above the normal and you're going to reach new heights, you've got to be fully persuaded that God's able to do it in your life. You'll stay right where you are. You'll never move beyond where you are if you're not persuaded. You'll stay mediocre. You'll stay beneath your privilege. You'll never have the abundant life if you don't say, my God is able. You lift your head right up and walk like you're a millionaire and walk like you're blessed, walk like you're healed, walk like you're an overcomer and say, my God is able. I'm an overcomer. When you walk into the store to do business, walk with your head up. Don't look down at the floor like you're beneath. Say, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I like what my sister-in-law said one time. She said, I walked into to the Rolls Royce dealer and told him my father was rich. And he said, I can have anything I ask for. And I want to drive one of these cars. And guess what she did? She drove those cars. 
Be fully persuaded of what God's able to do in your life. I don't care what the circumstances, the situations are. God is able to move. God is able to make grace abound towards you so that at all time and all things, you will have all of what you need. It may look bad to somebody else. It may look bad to you. But God is able to take what looked bad and prosper you in it. Brother Michael read the, a scripture about, uh, about the men fishing all night, not catching anything. And then Jesus said, go back and cast your nets. And I thought about that. You know, God can take right where you are and where you've been fishing and working and hustling for years and never making nothing. He can turn that right around where next week you go back and God will begin to bless you tremendously. Folks won't know what happened to you. They say, you've been doing the same thing. But yeah, I have a new anointing. I got a new blessing. God's turned my favor around. You don't have to be frustrated where you are. God is able to turn your situation around. You got to be fully persuaded that my faith and God is able to cause God to move mightily on my behalf. Don't walk around in despair. We have no cause to be despair or despondent or depressed or oppressed about our situations. We trust and we believe in a big God who's able to do big things in our lives and wake up today and say, I am a person of faith. I'm fully persuaded of what God is able to do in my life. Rise above the mediocre. Rise above the normal life and be able to do what Jesus said. He said, you'll do greater things than what I'm able to do. And it's going to take faith in God to be able to do those greater things. I am fully persuaded. Daniel was fully persuaded. That's why when they told him not to pray, Daniel said, I tell you what you do, open the window and let them hear me. They say, Daniel, if you pray, they're going to throw you in the lion's den. Daniel said, listen to this. I'm praying three times a day and I open the windows and listen to what I'm saying. Because he was fully persuaded, throw me in the lion's den. David used the lions for a pillow and slept on them. He says, I'm fully persuaded. God is able to shut the mouths of the lions. I tell you how hungry they was when they threw the men in, they threw Daniel in, they said they ate them before they hit the floor. There was some hungry lions. But God stopped the mouths of the lion. Somebody's trying to devour you. People come in complaining about folks on their job and what people are saying about them. God is able to shut every mouth and shut every, everything down that people are talking about you. You don't have to worry about what people are saying. You be fully persuaded that God is able to take care of you in every situation. Never had to worry about competition on a job or promotion on a job. I used to tell them, God promotes me. God elevates me. God lifts me up. If I show up to work on time, work harder than anybody, and, it's fa and get favor from God, I'll be blessed wherever I am. I can't help but be blessed because God is on my side. I expect to be blessed. I expect to go up. I expect to increase. Glory to God. God can take little and make much out of it. I walk by faith, not by sight. I got to talk to God and say, God, I acknowledge you in all of my ways. Direct my path. You know the way that I should go. You know the next step for me. You know my next career move. You know where I need to work. You know what I need to do. You know my vocation. You know everything. I, I give it all to you. Being fully persuaded, he says. Paul was fully persuaded when he said, And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you should be fully persuaded if you're going to walk in faith. The bottom line is this. He said he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. 
It was Jesus Christ himself who said, You are the light of the world, and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then he encouraged the believer to take the cover off of the light so that other people can see how God is working in your life, and they will want to go to God and give him glory as well. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I'm encouraging you who are believers, who have experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ, to allow the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine bright right there where you are. And we need every light to shine as bright as it can right now to dispel the darkness that comes in the way of violence and anger and bitterness and divisiveness in our country and in our community. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And I invite you to come and be our guest at The Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road, right here in North Houston. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. Pastor Jackie is in a great series on going back to the basics. For more information, go to our website at lowcf.org. If you're still looking for a Bible bookstore, come to the Beacon Bookstores on our campus right here at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're looking for Bibles, books, church supplies, or communion supplies, we have them here at The Beacon. Call us at 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.